0: For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Hello, it's time for another episode of For Your Reconsideration, where we chew the cud of celluloid and separate the cinematic wheat from the filmic chaff. I'm Rob and it's Simon and James. How are you doing, boys? I'm I'm wonderful, thank
1: you. I didn't understand any
2: of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you
0: you should read the elongated version I've got here, where we go into arable rotations and... uh, Further agricultural metaphors. But anyway, we're past all that. We survived. Hopefully, people are still listening. This is a film podcast. How are you, Robert? I'm. Absolutely splendid. Even more splendid now that we've got a little bit of news to share with our our loyal listeners. We We certainly have. have. We do, we do. We definitely do. Yes, as of this week, uh, we are now part of the Flickering Myth podcast network, something that we're very proud to be a part of.
3: We certainly are. So for those of you who are unaware, Flickering Myth are a UK-based entertainment website covering movies, TV, video games, comic books and more. Basically, they're a pop culture panacea. So uh, if you're Oof. not following them already, Oof. get involved with that.
1: Did you make that up, James, or is that their promo? It's a little from column <laughs> A and a little from column B.
0: <laughs> Either way, it means we're entering the big time, boys. We are. We're legit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're
1: legit. <laughs> Do you think we can afford the licensing for MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit now for our Oh, fans? no. Oh, no.
0: <laughs>
3: he will sew us into the ground.
0: Well, I suppose we have some, uh, you know, a parent overseers to look after us now. Flickering Myth, do we have that budget? Do we have that? Have we got any of that? Do you want to blow the budget on on this?
3: Join us next week when Flickering Myth have kicked us off the network.
1: (laughs) For exhausting their annual budget in two hours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Moving swiftly, swiftly on, Uh, what have you guys been watching this week? Oh,
3: well, I am currently on two weeks annual leave from my uh, day job, so I've been watching non-stop. It's like my time of the year to just completely decompress, do no work whatsoever just watch movies and stuff like that so it's a bit. I'm in a very good mood it is the last day of my holiday so when we record next week I'll be absolutely devastated but I'm <laughs> still in a very chipper mood at the moment. I'm not going to bore you with everything that I've been watching over the last two weeks but uh, today we went uh, me and Mrs S went to see Toy Story 4 Ooh. and it was very good oh. uh, so it's the most gorgeously animated but also the least cohesive of the series so far. Oh really? Uh, but don't get me wrong this is still a solid full star movie, there's uh, fun here for the whole family the kids can enjoy the kooky characters adventure and slapstick humour that you've come to expect from the Toy Story franchise as for the parents, we can wrestle with the idea that we will all outlive our usefulness in the eyes of our children grasping for relevance and any semblance of joy to give our purposeless lives meaning as we scrabble against the dying of the light (laughs) heavy heck, (laughs) it was fun (laughs) you had me fooled (laughs) And I absolutely didn't cry at any point. Nope, not me. No crying whatsoever.
0: <laughs> and from the man who didn't cry at Click, that is quite, you know, well, it's par for the course, isn't it, James? <laughs> well, I was being sarcastic. Uh, no, I was
3: being sarcastic. I cried a lot during...
0: <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> uh, no. I, so you, what you're saying is that Toy Story 4 did make you cry, but Click didn't? Yes, because
3: Toy Story 4 crucially is good, Robert, and this isn't. <laughs> burn.
0: <laughs> I love walking into these sick burns week in week What about you, Sai? What have you uh, What have you been watching?
1: Uh, I've, I've 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 seen quite a bit actually. I, I went to watch a screener of um, the new Child's Play film the other day. Oh. Ooh. How was it? I really enjoyed it actually. Cool. Uh it was like completely ridiculous and in places really hilarious, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. Um but it really like nailed the tone and gruesomeness of like an 80s video nasty.
0: Oh, nice. Um
1: so it's really got that vibe which I think some of the remakes of like those 80s films have kind of left behind and you know consigned that to the history of of horror. But this one really is just a big homage to all that sort of oh, stuff. Cool, cool. And um casting Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky is really inspired. He's just brilliant. Yeah. The right amount of Joker, um, the right amount of like the original Chucky. Um, and it's all updated for a modern order. The story makes a lot more sense and it's yeah it's good. it's funny, it's really funny, oh, it's yeah. very cool, man, Very I thought cool. it was good. yeah, I have a
3: real phobia with one of the with those films. I can't watch them like I've never seen one of them all the way through. I've caught bits and pieces here and there, but they they scare the shit out of me like dolls and ugh, uh, it, Yeah, yeah coming yeah from the, Toy Story's about my limit. I found elements of Toy Story four quite scary, to
1: <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's like um the the doll is like even more weird and really creepy it's way creepier than the original but it's like this really awkward size like it's quite big so it's just a bit like why is this thing why does it exist it's so weird <laughs> <laughs> but it's all part of the like humor of it but it starts with like a really crisp uh it's like the old timey orion logo oh nice. you know, like what was nice. at the start of robocop and all that so oh. that came on and i was just like okay i'm in i am totally in for this like straight away so, yeah, isn't it weird uh, how
3: we can be manipulated by that level of know, nostalgia, It's just like an old, it's, it's true. something from our childhood, yeah. like, oh, oh,
1: I haven't seen that logo for years. I yeah. know,
0: but for film geeks, that's like, that's like um, smelling, you know, like a favourite smell that triggers nostalgia and triggers good memories and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what it's like for film geeks, isn't it? That kind yeah. of thing.
1: What have you been watching, Rob?
0: Uh, Actually, I have managed to watch a lot this week, by my standards, actually. Um, So aside from the movie of the week, I've actually seen two films this week. I had a double (laughs) bill of... Yeah, I know. A double (laughs) bill of classic action crime um, in the shape of Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 (laughs) and Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Um,
2: (laughs) I have to say, I was quite
0: disappointed with the character development between... Uh, Paul Blart's one and two, really, because in the second one, he went from quite a lovable guy in the first one to a seriously unlovable know-it-all in the second one. Um, And the gags were, um, well, they'd all run dry (laughs) very, very quickly. You had me in the first Um,
1: half there, Rob. You had me in the first
0: half. (laughs) I had you. I know, I know, I know. I was fishing then, I was fishing. Um, No, my my kids love it. Uh, They call him nice Paul or (laughs) Paulie, not to be confused with... Not on my visor fame (laughs) from Rocky (laughs) Four. Hashtag technosexual. The original <laughs> technosexual, I'll have you know. <laughs> there is nothing technosexual about Paul Blart. Let me make that quite clear. Um, in fact, yeah, one and two, they seem to take place in a couple of days apart. You know, um, like six days, I think it is, between the end of the first one and, and the second one. Uh, you know, when when Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 started, I was like, ooh, ambitious. <laughs> you know, the short time frame, you know, like, oh, ambitious. And, and um, you know, I'm quite confident you guys pr- will probably never watch those films. So, spoiler alert. No, um, it gets-
1: no, it won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen the first one and I actually quite enjoyed the first one. There you go. There you go. There you go. Guilty.
0: Uh, yeah, I, guilty. Sure right.
2: guilty. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah um, I quite like um, Kevin James's earnest little face. There you go. What can a man do? It's not a little face though, is it?
1: His pudgy little chubby face. <laughs>
0: now, now come on, come on. Let's let's not. He's he's stout at best. Let's just let's call it there. Anyway, this week's movie, let's do it. Um, I am gonna just go straight in with the log line of this beautiful masterpiece.
1: Is it your film this week, Rob? <laughs> <laughs>
0: It definitely is. I've, been, I've kept my powder dry from week one to go into the territory of Steven Seagal, but that powder is dry no longer. <laughs> in this movie, Steven Seagal dons a beret and a bad New York accent to take down the mafia thug that murdered his best friend in the finest of the self-proclaimed Aikido Masters golden era of films
4: it's miles from civilization the arm, huh? but just one subway stop from manhattan
2: hey you want a party
4: brooklyn <laughs> they were friends <laughs> ever since we was little born on these streets G-no. one of us family now after 15 years who ever thought that i would have become a cop huh? they will play cops and robbers one more time <laughs> But this time... Richie got out of the car and just stepped up. Bang. It's no game. Three of his crew were with him. Steven Seagal. I know this guy better than anybody else. I know the neighborhood better than anybody else. Out for justice. I'm going to keep coming back until somebody remembers seeing Richie. You no, know, you know our ways. He must be dealt with by us. Over here, Sal. <laughs> This guy before you do you know what i'm gonna do so you still call me here like a girl the body counts going up gino i'm starting to get in a bad mood you know maybe it's like a mood swing my hormones i don't know in this neighborhood someone's got to take out the garbage Stephen Seagal, out for justice.
1: Did you make up that uh, the claim that it's the golden era? No, I did not. Because it is the truth.
2: It's the.
0: I, I have evidence that this is the truth. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's the, no, it is the truth. I can back up my claims. I can back up my sources. 1989 Um, to 1991 is the golden era for Seagal, no doubt.
3: You're leaving out his biggest hit
1: in Under Siege.
0: Which was dreadful compared to this. It was Uh, dreadful compared to this.
1: uh, He's only got two words in the title for one. Exactly. What a waste
0: of time. It shouldn't even be viewed as canon in the Seagal, you know, (laughs) lineage of films.
2: (laughs) Oh... (laughs) <laughs> so
0: i mean i'm assuming by this point the trailer will have rolled so i'm just going to keep going while the momentum's hot um i picked this film um, uh, much to the chagrin of my co-host here because it was my favorite Seagal movie growing up hands down now i look back um i have to do that thing now where we have to do this quite a bit don't we as fans of pop culture where you have to separate the art from the artist um Art being a very loose term in this <laughs> context. <laughs> but um, So I choose to forget everything that Steven Seagal is presently doing, like being the bloated puppet for Vladimir Putin. I just forget all that. And I just enjoy the madcap capers of him when he was a very, you know, took himself as a very serious action movie star. Um this is where, you know, obviously, you know, I have a love for Van Damme. Van Damme was not, didn't take himself as seriously as Seagal did. It seems that Seagal took himself super seriously, which all the sort of the the backstories and the behind the scenes tales seem to suggest. But whenever anyone would ask me, when they found out that I was a huge Seagal fan, um, what my favourite Seagal movie was, everyone always assumes, oh, it's under siege, isn't it? You know, or, you know, it's executive decision or even Under Siege 2, you know. Um, Nah, 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 nah. You've missed the point here entirely. By that point, Seagal has reached his peak and he's on the come down because he reached his peak in 1991 with this classic, Out for Justice. Um, The golden era of Seagal, so we can get this out of the way. He didn't have a silver era first. He started with a golden era. <laughs> so his golden era was 1989's <laughs> Nico in this country, above the law in America. Then 1990's, um, the, well, he had that double bill of 1990 of um, Hard to Kill and uh, Mark for Death. Uh, hard to Kill famously being the one where he fled a, a hospital after an eight-year coma, while while not getting up, he he did it on a hospital gurney with a massive beard and a broom, uh, and then Mark for Death was where he went and took on the Rastafarians, and that was also brilliant. And then now we've got this, the absolute cream of the crop, out for justice. Now you might think that I'm a little bit rose-tinted here, but oh no, I've actually I have got literature to back up my claims <laughs> in the form of Sigalogy by Ain't It Cool News' very own Vern. Now this is the Greatest book on the topic you are ever going to read. I'm going to, you know, when this pod comes out, I'm going to put it in there. But is this it the is the book on
1: the topic you're going to read.
0: It most likely is, yes.
2: <laughs> this is uh,
0: Sigalogy, the study of the ass kicking films of Stephen Seagal by Verne. On the back, uh, it actually also says, This book will shake the very foundations of film criticism, break their wrists, and then throw them through a window. <laughs> now, Verne Vern is not just the the premier voice on all things Seagal. He is a, a brilliant writer, a brilliant film critic, and he is funny as all hell. So um, there's a very strong tongue-in-cheek quality to all his writings on Seagal. The book is really, really funny as well. You know, So it is well worth reading. But he also says this, and I want to quote Vern here, of all of Seagal's movies, all of Seagal's movies are connected. That's the concept of Seagalogy. But at the same time, there is a, don't laugh, there is a wide spectrum of qualities that people look for in a Seagal picture. So, On Deadly Ground may be the funniest. That's the one where he takes on Michael Caine in a forest um, and he started getting all earth friendly and he talks down a bar fight with the sheer force of reason. Belly of the Beast or Out of Reach may be the craziest. And Under Siege may be the most impressive for people who like big studio action movies. But whenever someone asks me what the best Steven Seagal movie is, I tell them out for justice. That's not me. That's Vern. So, <laughs> boys,
1: I like how you've brought back up. I love how he's putting Vern
0: forward like he's Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, in the, in the world of Sigalogy, he is Stephen Hawking. He is seigology. Yes, because the
3: people in the community of Sigalogy, of you and Vern. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Vern, Rob, you probably don't know this, but when we were on holiday, you lent me that book and I read it and I enjoyed it immensely. It was very, very good. It is
0: very funny, isn't it? I mean, he it's is a clearly funny. a fan of the is a very funny He's book. He is clearly yeah. a fan of uh, the Seagal movies and he knows that there's a serious tongue-in-cheek element to the enjoyment of them as well.
3: Yes, I, I think he understands there's a tongue-in-cheek element to them. I don't think
1: Stephen Seagal understands <laughs> that.
0: I think it, that might be the one and only point in this entire recording where we all agree. <laughs>
1: yeah. Everyone else on set it also knows it's talking cheek.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he doesn't. He
3: thinks he's making the Godfather.
0: (laughs) Well, can we... I mean, right, can we just pause that for a second? Because... uh, No, no, right, Well, I'm just going to have to bring it out. The film opens... We'll do box office and all that in a minute, but James, because you just said (laughs) that, I've got to go with... The way this film opens is the most pretentious way I've ever seen a film open in my whole life. There is a, like, plucking Sicilian guitar strings... And then there's a quote from Arthur Miller, the playwright from Brooklyn. (laughs) While to the stranger's eye, one street was no different to the other, we all know where our neighborhood somehow ended. Beyond that, a person was a stranger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So irrelevant completely irrelevant to everything what is about. It's, it's got nothing to do with anything.
0: I, I, I am so obsessed with the fact it's there. Um, I think um, Vern himself calls it the most balls-out, pretentious moment of any Seagal movie.
3: <laughs> I've literally written in my notes, and I don't know if that's subconscious from having read Vern's book myself, but I've put in my notes, most pretentious opening to an action movie ever, question mark. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. Uh, question mark. Uh, you can wipe the question mark away, mate. That's a statement. That is a bona fide <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, right. So before we get into the meat, the meat and potatoes of the movie, ah, can I have some uh, Rotten Tomatoes Metacritic scores, please, Cy? Si? What have you got? Oh, How did the critics take to the greatest Seagal movie ever made?
1: Uh, I think we've got a winner in terms of the worst-rated film we've done so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I
0: thought I literally thought this was going the other way. Like we've got ourselves
1: a winner. oh, uh, right, we've got uh, average Rotten Tomatoes critics at it at twenty-three percent, which is a shocker. Shit! But, but the reason <laughs> the reason why it's so low, like uh, sorry, why we have a winner for the. The rest of the thing is the audience have got it at 53%. So it's not even like the audience are like, fuck you, critics, this is amazing. No, they're still not into it. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: what you're saying is it's just me and Vern then, basically. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty
1: much, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've got your back, Vern. (laughs) uh, The Metacritic average does have it slightly higher at 38%. Um there's no audience average because surprisingly no one has reviewed it on metacritic.
0: Heathens. Absolute heathens.
1: Uh in the spirit of the pod, you know, we we we, want to, we don't really want to focus on negative stuff, so let's try and go positive. And I'm going to guess we're going to be swimming in a sea of uh negativity, you surely. So. I think Rob will be
3: positive enough for both of us. So. Let's
1: let's let's let's, <laughs> let's just let's just start on a high note. There was a there was a really good one on Letterboxd um Someone, uh, a user called Tucker Bane, uh, who watched it on the 4th of July 2018. I get this was a rewatch actually. Uh, five stars um, from Tucker Bane. Oh, yo. My favorite action movie of all time and the best Steven Seagal film ever made. It's brutal and fast paced and has the best bad guy in an action movie
2: ever. <laughs> debatable.
1: <laughs> Completely
2: debatable. <laughs>
1: Screw you, Hans Gruber. <laughs> Tucker Bane. I could watch this movie over and over and it never gets boring. The fight scenes are brilliant and Seagal is at his peak best. An absolute must see of action cinema. <laughs> Did you write that review, Rob?
0: No, Tucker Bane. I mean, it does sound like I made up that name, actually, because that is like right in my wheelhouse. But um, Tucker Bane, you have my heart forever. That is amazing. Oh, Absolutely so amazing.
1: Another one as well. I mean, I'd, just before we go into budget, I'll quickly squeeze this in.
0: No, please do, because I've never heard any reviews before for the film, so I'd love to
1: know them. So that was a user one. We'll go for like a critical one. Do you remember the name Mick LaSalle? Yes. He previously popped up reviewing uh, when we were talking about Click, and he. Yes. And he said, uh, at the, he said, click, gave it a whole five stars and said it was one of the best American films of 2006. <laughs> <laughs> so Mick, Mick LaSalle's review in the San Francisco Chronicle gave uh, Out for Justice four out of five, four stars. <gasps> as entertaining an action movie as you're going to find in 1991 he made that review so um, yeah I think we can safely say that Mick is absolutely bonkers
0: (laughs) (laughs) hang on a minute
3: hang on a
1: minute I agree
0: totally have we ever seen Rob Parker and Mick in the same room to be fair yeah uh, the only films where Mick stuff comes out is, you know, on my review, on you know, my selection. I think you yeah. should go for a beer. With um, I
1: think you'll have a you'll have a cracking time if you if you listen, go for a beer with Mick. Me, Mick LaSalle and Tucker
0: Baines, we're <laughs> we're, we're we're gonna have a whale of a night out, uh, and then we'll get Vern. Vern can host the night out, and then the four of us are gonna have an absolute riot, <laughs> and we'll all wear we'll all wear berets and slick back ponytails while we do it. Um, James, what about uh, bu- budget and box office? I have no clue here. No clue.
3: So the budget for this bad boy is fourteen million dollars, uh, which is probably you know lower end, mid-budget right, type yeah. thing for the, Looks about yeah, right. yeah. Uh, and it made uh, thirty nine six seven three one six one, so profitable. Uh, another Excellent. hit for Zagal in, yeah, th- in, uh, th- oh, yeah, yeah, in the in the number
1: one, didn't it? three
3: word, yeah, yeah. In the the three word. Uh, title,
0: Seagal uh, sorry, what, cannon, you mean, what you mean to say is the, the golden era James, that's what you're trying to say <laughs> but you're not managing to say it. Yeah. the golden era
3: Well it doesn't count that because we're all British as far as we're concerned Above the Law is called Nico and oh. it will always be called Nico
0: I know, I, I got <laughs> so excited when I was about 15 when I found out that um, I saw there was Nico and then there was an, he bought out another film the same year that I'd read called Above the Law and I was like oh my god You know. so I've got it's them not- both I've got two, D- you know, I've got yeah. like two DVDs, Nico and Above the Law. Imported like wow. from America. Seriously. And I'm like watching the other one, like, this is very similar to, to Nico, this.
2: Is his name Nico?
0: Honestly, that, you might laugh, but that is the truth. I was devastated. But then again, then I realized I had two copies. So I was, I was happy, obviously. And before we go any further, Nico, um, I realized earlier I said it came out in 89. Any true sigalogist will know that it was in 1988. So just wanted to make that very clear.
1: Didn't,
2: didn't want to correct anyway. you, Rob. All three of them will be very happy
0: with the correction. <laughs> what, me, Mick LaSalle? <laughs> <laughs> Vernon? That dude from Latterbox. Taylor Bain.
4: <laughs> the Flickering Myth Podcast is a source for all of the weekly entertainment news that we could possibly be bothered to talk about. Tune in every Tuesday for a roundtable discussion featuring a host of Flickering Myth writers and contributors. You can find us on all your favourite catchers, as well as right here at flickeringmyth.com, part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network.
0: I'd like someone else, um, perhaps a neutral voice, to talk us through the opening of this film, possibly, because I am too giddy to, to talk about it cohesively. <laughs>
3: uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in this opening ten minutes, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> So we have a cold open slash foreshadowing moment, don't we? With uh, Sigal and Bobby in the van, they're doing a stakeout for some of the big bust, and Sigal absolutely blows it because he can't he can't stand by any longer. As a as oh god, it's so horrible! This film as No, as no, a no. Open, no. <laughs> closed fist punches a woman in the face repeatedly.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's because Seagal can't stand it. He's the hero.
3: He is, yes, but any film that opens with a woman getting punched in the face by a
0: pimp—what what <laughs> was, me me, was it you said last week, James? Like it's the nineties, <laughs> 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 you know, it's the nineties. <laughs> this is. I mean, then we he, find out know, she's
3: pregnant of, as well.
0: Oh, I know it's awful. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's awful. He, he is one of the most repugnant pimps on film I've ever seen. This guy. Um, but, but we're skirting past the dialogue in the in the van, you know, because that's when we realise, oh, hang on, he's got a hilarious Brooklyn accent, and and like for for Seagal, it, it, he seems to think that adopting a Brooklyn accent means you just have to let your lower jaw go floppy and your bottom lip go moist.
1: Out, <laughs> out of all the films we've done so far, the trivia for this is so entertaining. It's just, we just <laughs> want to do yes, the trivia. Like, wow, we could do two amazing. hours on the trivia. <laughs> Going off the Brooklyn accent, um, William Forsyth, who plays, he's the the big bad, <laughs> isn't he? Or flat top. Yeah. Um he is. And yeah, Sigal told him he needs to work on his Brooklyn accent. And Forsythe is from <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> and he was just like <laughs> Yeah, sure
3: do mate. And then sure, he not. he retorted by saying, um, Trust me, you do. Yeah, <laughs> in,
0: I, I absolutely sing out the, but, but, now. I mean the dialogue in the in the cab, uh, in the van between him and Bobby is that awful. You know, like, you know, it's something like, you know, like, hey, what's going on? You alright? How are you doing? What's going on? You know, they've been in a van for hours. <laughs> is this the best you can go up with. So good. You know, he obviously blows a massive operation, has to go up and beat up this pimp, um, which leads to probably the greatest Introduction. You know, we like an introduction of a character on this podcast. Yeah. This is one brilliant introduction. I mean, it's hilarious.
3: It's absolutely. (laughs) I was dying laughing. Not for the first time in this film. Like, (laughs) as he Aikido's a pimp through a windshield. (laughs) As the pimp's shoes are in the (laughs) (laughs) pot. It freeze frames on Seagal's meat head and then it's. (laughs) And then the title comes up Steven
0: Seagal oh it's that now that is how you introduce a character oh it's all, and the music like bam bam bam
1: bam oh yo is <laughs> the
2: pimp shoes in- <laughs> I,
1: think he, I think he like puts his hand on his neck but the sound effect's like he's just slapped him across the face with a slice of gammon. Like, yeah! He's like, oh, he's done. He's touched <laughs> him." <laughs> like, calm down. So the Foley guy going mental in the studio. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I love it. Uh, you know, while this is happening, there's um, this brilliant, awful synthy score has started. You know, it's like, oh, it's so nice. Like, heavy, echoey drums. like boom,
1: boom, Oh my God. And... It's so out of place. It, sound, it sounds like a, like a... Like a Go West album. No, clip.
0: I thought it sounded amazing.
1: It, it's like a pop track from the
0: 80s. It no, just he, doesn't I, fit at all. <laughs> it's um, Michael David Frank.
3: Well, uh, Simon, given how bad the music is, you wouldn't be surprised to find out that Steven Seagal went to composer David Michael Frank's house to prove all the music before it was recorded. <laughs> he, he's got he, his he fingers in every pile of this production. He's got final say on
0: yes, everything maybe. here, which is not necessarily a good thing, but it probably makes this one of the, the purest Seagal <laughs> offerings. Uh, I think that's the way I'm going to choose to look at it.
1: Is Sigal like a, one of these Tommy Wiseau characters, where he's just got this obscene amount of money where he can make these movies and no one knows why? I, don't, I, I truthfully don't know. Again, but... going through the trivia on this, I have no because no one seems to like him. Yes. he's not particularly a good actor. I know the the credit he has was he, he was the first Western man to have a dojo in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Like. I, I I'm th- there's so many stories. Is that enough to get a series of? of America, <laughs> where
0: you get to do everything? I, I truly don't know the answer to this. But he's turning
3: profits. I mean, unlike Wiseau, though, he managed to get a major, not like the major studio, Warner Brothers, to bankroll yep. his career in the late yep. 80s and
2: 90s. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Hey, I, I've
0: also forgotten, you know when I mentioned those other movies before I mentioned it, I didn't mention Glimmerman.
2: Glimmerman's ace.
0: Debatable.
3: So Not, that's like nineteen
0: ninety
1: seven. No, did? that's Rob, what, you said that was outside it's of the
0: totally year. So. Absolutely. But I'm backing up your assertion that Warner Brothers were, were pumping out his stuff for years, weren't they? And <laughs> yes, properly backrolling absolutely. it. They they lo- because he was doing stuff like this, like so he tripled uh, the budget on this in terms of box office. Yeah. He was Clint Eastwood to the <laughs> <year, laughs> late eighties slash early
3: 90s i <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Clint will be really happy with that comparison. He really
1: will, he really will. What, Oscar winning director compared Listen, directly think, to Steve? I Seagal. would
0: imagine that present day Seagal is so furious he never got an Oscar. I imagine he was, every film he was like petitioning, you know, like, for your consideration. You know, I bet he was doing it like this. definitely, this
3: definitely was. He was putting this into the academy. He, he doubt.
0: must have been, he must have been. Uh, don't worry, Steve, we got you back here. We're, we're suggesting reconsideration here. At least I am. <laughs> At least I am. Uh, right. I love then we get straight into the um introduction to this villain by William Forsyth, uh Richie Madano, who I think is i think he's one of the great villains uh certainly of Sigal's um catalogue of films. I think he's only second for me to what's his name? Um Stranix. Is it Stranix? in um let me just consult Vern here for a moment.
3: <laughs> Why are you asking us? Why do you assume we've got the same sort of Seagal knowledge? No, that no, you know
0: from Under Siege. Is it? Um, oh, the guy, Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Jones you mean? Yeah.
1: Who yeah, who was yeah. he? Oh, yeah, who, Tommy uh, Lee Jones. Yeah, because
0: yeah. he, he was a really good villain. Well, Yeah, because it's Tommy Lee Jones. That's... <laughs> yeah, Stranix, <laughs> Stranix, yeah. Um, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, it was brilliant, but I think Foresight is absolutely unhinged. And I'm going to say this, this is not going to be one that the Seagal purists will like, but I think he acts Steven Seagal out of the film, out of the neighbourhood, out of the century.
3: Well, he acted Seagal off the screen so much that uh, Seagal went, uh, according to IMDb, uh, the film was supposed to be 30 minutes longer, which included some more plot details and character development. Steven Seagal cut some of William Forsythe's scenes because he felt Forsythe was upstaging him,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he was right.
3: Like all good producers do, they made the movie worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, apparently, that's why there's um, a, a, a couple of significant montages later. Because <laughs> they probably. just had to get ready. <laughs> Because they had all this stuff from subplots, and he was just just blend it all into one, you know. And some of it's like there's loads of good, like I'd love to. Apparently, there's a scene where Richie goes into a clothing store and si- steals a new shirt. I'd love to have seen that. Absolutely
3: love yeah. to have seen that. Because in the continuity now, he just has a different shirt. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, what can I ask at this point in time? Like when you when you're meeting Richie here, what are you guys thinking?
1: He's a maniac.
0: Yeah, he's an absolute <laughs>
1: nutcase. Oh, that's Flat Top from Dick Tracy. Yes, he's yeah. still a nutcase.
0: Yeah. I love him as a villain because he doesn't really have any goal. No. Yeah. Just kill as many people and take as many people down with him before his actions eventually catch up with him and kill him. I think that makes him a unique villain in quite, well, across the gamut of action cinema.
1: Well, drugs are bad, aren't they?
0: Yeah, well, they may do bad things. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Crack is whack, as they would say back in the 90s. It jolly well is.
3: Not to Richie, he loves it. He is having <laughs> a complete enough whale crack, of it's a time. proper <laughs> <laughs>
2: <More-ish>. <laughs> <laughs> Like a tube of Pringles.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a lift from Joe, I must credit that. Super he
0: goes, whoa, that
3: crack's proper Moorich. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I like he, he opens this, like some underground safe thing, uh, and there's loads of cash and illicit materials. And he says, "Oh, you can all have a bit of this if you get through the night." And everyone, you know, like sm- sm- smiles at him and then thinks, "Like, I don't really know what he's talking about." You're going to find out, you know, find out what he's up to now. Because then he wanders off and waxes. Um, we should really say what Segal's character is called, Gino he waxes his gino's Gino, yeah. uh, gino's best mate bobby in broad daylight in front of his wife and kids poor form
1: over some cabbages
0: <laughs> yeah he really sends him tumbling into those into those root vegetables <laughs> yeah
1: he
3: sends him to squib city doesn't he to be he fair he really does like yeah
1: it. he does and then he and then he chucks a polaroid picture on him which we don't see so we're all like ooh there's a mystery here he's put something on him but we don't know what it is but I think we should say at this point as well, like, like about the look of the film and everything. So yes, please do. Yeah, yeah. They've clearly gone for a seventies French Connection type. Definitely, vibe, definitely, definitely. It's
2: yeah. Really
1: yeah. gritty New York.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: and I do, I do kind of like that. To be honest, I do I like do. how It's shot in those in that vibe in that french connection vibe obviously it's not a patch on french connection <laughs> they even have a crappy
3: homage to french connection later in the film don't they, they have a uh, have a car chase underneath uh, yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. underground yeah. railway <laughs> yeah,
1: which is bananas again which we'll, we'll get
2: to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i
1: i think uh yeah a bit like bit of credit for the sort of look and vibe of the film because yeah, I like it Se- yeah. Seagal wasn't his films weren't really New York heavy were they was this like one of the few no this is the f- uh the only one I is it yeah so yeah I think Chicago is the one
3: in Nico isn't it I think I, yeah. I can't yeah. say I've seen that many others but uh <laughs> we should give a shout out to the cinematographer Rick Waite who's probably shot most of Rob's favorite movies so he's uh he shot this bad boy uh Mark for Death which I assume you also like as well Rob uh, Rapid Fire, which I know you definitely like, <laughs> and uh, Kevin Bacon vehicle, Footloose. Oh, my which... God! Really? Wow,
0: There's a connection between <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out for Justice and Footloose. Yeah. Honestly, we can sign off now. <laughs> and this is
3: Rick Waits behind the camera.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut down the recording, that is it. We, we, we ruin music forever with Robert Tepper. We've now ruined cinema forever <laughs> with this. This is unbelievable. I can't tell you how happy that makes me, because... <laughs> I, mean, I love that movie but now I think about it the aesthetic is so oh, it's so crisp and obvious I love it
1: lovely yeah, especially the outside, outdoor stuff it's really it's pretty nice the outdoor I, stuff
0: I, I, it is I seriously it's one of the other th- reasons I really like this film and I think that it is it's underrated actually I do think it's underrated it's film. very well shot it is yeah yeah Seagal's hilarious we know that <laughs> I'm not saying this is cinema gold I'm never going to say that But I think there is enough here to suggest people, if you've never seen it, to give it a try. But we'll carry on, we'll carry on, because James, I can see (laughs) you shaking your head. Uh, uh,
1: It's probably a good time to move on to uh, Seagal's outfit, uh, his casual attire, as we... (laughs) I (sighs) mean,
0: this is rivalling.
3: You know what my biggest problem with Seagal is, right? If I can just get this out. So we did Rocky Four a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And... We were talking about how everyone in that movie was in the shape of their (laughs) lives. They were in there to play athletes, to be action heroes, right? This guy looks like... He looks like a fat waiter. Flabby, to be perfectly flabby. <laughs> yeah. flabby waiter, right? No definition on the arms, and walks around with no. Uh, basically, he's wearing a waistcoat and no shirt
0: for the entire <laughs> thing. Maybe if you if you think he's flabby here, just you wait till a few movies down the line. <laughs> and then, but go <laughs> backwards like cardigan. no, it's so it's a it's a sleeveless low-cut cardigan with no t-shirt underneath and a beret.
3: I mean, which I thought was police issue I thought that was a police
0: (laughs) wait a minute it's not it's not not police so that's his choice because he takes it off special forces I I thought is that not what they give cops in Brooklyn they don't give them berets no (laughs) but that's the thing I think this
3: film would have been much better if it would have leaned into silliness like that like Where's your badge? And he just pointed at his beret.
2: <laughs> <like>. <laughs> what a
3: do? if it just leaned into the silliness more, I think I would have enjoyed it. Instead, I was just laughing at it because it was hilarious. His outfit.
1: So the beret, the sleeveless cardigan. I've basically surmised, Rob, that so from this uh, Rocky Fall last uh, the other week, which you spoke about with all the the, the crisp outfits. Oh yeah, and then John claude Van Damme in uh, Hard Target. I'm getting the impression, Rob, that you judge movies almost exclusively on the wardrobe choices of the lead.
0: Character. Honestly, I do. This is—I've never—I've never had facts presented so bluntly to me before. Uh, uh, this, you might be right.
3: You might be totally right. This no. is like an intervention for me. No.
0: Now I look back at all my favourite movies, like I can see my my Blu-ray collection here. And I'm looking through it, I can name what everyone is wearing in each of those movies. <laughs> oh my god, what's happened?
2: Um... But it's right, though. I
0: think no, but I like um an iconic character look. Um and um, you know, if you I think in the scope of Sigalogy uh, that I think this sleeveless
2: cardigan. Stop referring to it like it's an actual philosophy. <laughs> I, I
0: think I think this outfit is is like is quite iconic. You won't find many other action heroes trying to pull off a sleeveless cardigan hey, and a berry. I...
1: I was drinking a cup of tea at the time, and I did spit it everywhere when the shot cut to him. Because because I thought the sleeveless cardigan was bad enough, but then we go when he's seeing (laughs) that his mate's been killed, and he's got a beret on! (laughs) (laughs) But you you guys...
0: You're enjoying it, though. Oh. I can see when you were watching this, it's you were enjoying it. You were having a good time. So it, you might have been having a good time because you were thinking about how much you were going to crucify me next time we did a record. <laughs> <laughs> but you were still enjoying yourself. The thing is,
3: uh, last thing on the outfit, uh, I don't think it's any um, coincidence that the bla- uh, the outfit is all black because we all know that black is slimming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
2: true. That is
0: true. That is true. Well, you should have seen him, seriously. You should have seen him in Nico slash Above the Law. He was... Um, skinny in that and it looked weird it didn't look right you know it look looked kind
3: of <laughs> i have seen nico i remember enjoying that but i probably wouldn't on a rewatch
0: well no i mean because it's it's not nowhere near the film this is so i wouldn't suggest james on current form you'd go near it <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> yes. unless you want to a really soil your evening
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have to say rob at this point though you know i am on side at this point i've what i've i've wrote this throughout all my notes I am on time at this point I think it looks good it's a straight up revenge flick of course it is it. and
2: like,
0: it's dead uh, uh, right what was it James you said the other week 91 minutes that's right in the yeah, sweet spot this is 83 no it's, I, I, it's 91 <laughs> yes it is Whoa.
3: maybe with the credits
2: <laughs>
0: <It's> <laughs> its well i i right i've got official runtime on the back of my um my multiple copies of the dvd at, <laughs> at 91 minutes but i'll i'll mate i because i know i'm up against it here so I'll well i this i one. paid i um i actually <laughs>
1: paid three pounds 50 to rent this uh, did you on amazon yesterday uh i i could have gone for the 250 standard death version but i didn't want to I didn't want to do Seagal over like that. I had to watch him in crisp high death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was na- 93, the one I watched yesterday on really? Amazon.
0: Why is there multiple versions of this? Uh, maybe I'm
1: not ca- I'm not counting
3: the end credits, though, and the highlight oh, reel. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh,
1: right, 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 right,
0: right, Yeah, I would imagine that's right. Because we're talking about the actual file, yeah. aren't we? The, the, as in the video, front to back, aren't we? Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, my file note is 83 minutes. It's rubbish.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a complete disgrace, James, and we'll get to that. That is, that is we're not going to let that stand. Uh, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it, but it is rubbish. Well, you
2: know, I think, I
0: think even I can say it's rubbish. But you know, anyway. Um, so I am abs- obsessed with um, what's going on.
1: Um, we haven't even mentioned his ponytail. Well, no, I even I, this is the best example
0: yet. of the ponytail yet. I think
1: is it a consistent thing? The ponytail. I'm not. I'm unaware of the. Is was this a a thing throughout the golden era of cigars. Yeah,
0: when what you always get yeah, right through the golden era it is, but he doesn't have it in the first one. He doesn't have it in um above the law or slash Nico. Um he's got but it's always slicked back. Whatever happens, he's always slicked back. And uh, sometimes the ponytails at varying lengths. In this one it's a particularly luxurious length um, which uh, adds you know a little bit of flair and panache especially in the fight scenes I feel.
3: yeah so on the um on the imdb trademark <laughs> section uh ponytails do come up so this is probably a good uh, time to sort of discuss Sigal's other trademark which is that he is an aikido master <laughs> No, it, it, I'm not taking the piss. That's...
0: No, uh, uh, because um, it's something he plays upon quite a bit, isn't it?
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. This is his whole thing. So they all. Have, so obviously, Van Damme has his uh, roundhouse kicks, and Arnie's like you know heavy artillery. You know, every action star of the nineties had their go-to specialism, and Aikido is uh, is Segal's, um, which for me is probably the least. Cinematic martial art ever committed, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not me dissing it. You know, someone who is an Aikido master, I'm sure they can beat me up, but it's not very cinematic. It's just a lot of hip tosses and people going <laughs> crashing
1: into <laughs> stuff. From what I can tell, is that why the fights are a bit sort of tepid? He just do of, not say these are, are the best fights of- in the. No. He just kind of palms people in the face. Yeah, he's giving them all a hoo-ha and giving them all a hoo-ha. He breaks a lot of wrists, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's chucking
0: them all over the place. Yeah, so I've
3: done some research on uh, on Aikido, actually. So oh uh, it is a martial art which allows practitioners to defend themselves while also protecting their attacker from injury. Oh. Now, I can't say there's a whole lot of uh, that going on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: because the
3: attackers get an absolute seeing to
1: for the most part. Yeah, we have got like arms, breaking we've got um cleavers going into hands and i'm sure
3: that's not in the manual or the scriptures or whatever <laughs> it is <laughs> scriptures
0: the aikido script
3: well it's a it's a philosophy as, it's a philosophy as well as a martial art
1: yeah, yeah. you should read up on it
2: <laughs> it's quite uh, interesting but it, it,
1: it, is it not quite like well known that he's really well respected in japan or is that something he brought over and he See, made the thing up is, himself? I'm,
0: I'm not sh- actually sure how well respected he is um i believe he is apparently
3: yeah from what i've read he's the only foreigner with a dojo in japan an aikido dojo
1: which means he's the only one who's like black belt like the highest ranking you can get yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i yeah, would yeah, assume so yeah art
0: i i don't uh, that he, that's a fact that he's he, that has been apparent right the way through his career i don't know whether he's still the only one now if he is then mad props to the guy um but um I don't really know.
3: So yeah, I'm sure it's a fine martial art, and I don't know if this is the best example of it on film. But what I find is it's not very cinematic, nor tough looking. And this might just be down to Sigal, But when he's sizing people up, like he's you know when he's readying himself for a fight, he looks like a pissed hy- hieroglyphic.
1: Type of... <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's just wobbling around, like it, it, giving it
1: all this so business. awkward, like... isn't it? Like he's just got this little like, like he's. Like he's a drunk man on a night out in the streets of Didsby <laughs> ready to like he know
2: what to do. Just He's had a
1: night on the he's had a night on the hooch and he's just like, <laughs> wobbling around trying to figure out what to do. Literally <laughs> wobbling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> This is this is a disgrace. No, it's not a disgrace. It's entirely accurate. <laughs> uh, I think. Well, we don't. Have to, to be say... fair,
3: from what we've read about Sigal, he seems like an absolute monster. So I think he's fair game. To me. Oh, he's complete <laughs>
0: fair. Everything he does. Yeah, I think he's totally fair game. Especially in look when look through. I know I said separate the art from the artist, but especially when looked through the lens of what he's up to these days, uh, I think yeah. that you can definitely look backwards with a. Uh, What's the opposite of Rose Tinted?
2: (laughs) While we're
3: on the subject of Aikido, can we talk about how uh, Seagal's Aikido training got him into trouble on the set?
0: (laughs) Yes, this legendary story, please, please.
3: So uh, this is directly from IMDB, so I'll just share this with you guys. Uh, I don't know if you've you've heard it or not, (laughs) but allow me to get to the end and then we'll discuss it. so, whilst on the production, Steven Seagal claimed that due to his Aikido training, he was immune to being choked unconscious. It has been alleged that at some point, Jean LaBelle... Who was a stunt coordinator for the movie heard about the claim and gave Segal the opportunity to prove it. LeBel is said to have placed his arms around Segal's neck and, once Segal said "go," proceeded to choke him unconscious. After refusing to comment for many years, LeBel confirmed the story in 2012 and said that after Segal fell unconscious, he proceeded to de- <laughs> he proceeded to defecate and urinate himself. Whenever Seagal has been asked about the incident, he is constantly denied the allegations. Well, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> no,
1: that's well, being Billy Big no. Bollocks on set and then proven wrong, and then what makes it worse is you shit and piss yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he held on to that secret for 2012. I mean, <laughs> it's hell, over twenty years, he's been sitting on that. <laughs> Right, I want anyone... I'm going to put, like... I Right, um, I'm going to try and think of a, a of a fee that I could put out as a reward. I think I'll scrabble together £500 from somewhere. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be the next few mortgage payments. I'm going to scrabble together £500, and if anyone was on set that day and could confirm this story with some juicy anecdotes, right I want all the details about this. If you have Polaroids as well, that would be great. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Is that why he's never shot from below the waist in the whole film?
0: <laughs> so... Trousers we... were
3: soiled for the rest <laughs> of the production.
0: You know, like, but what was the name of the cinematographer? He's like, he's terrified, like, right, we've just got to, we can't get the skid marks in. We just, we've got to avoid that at all. Costs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Choke out skid marks. Can we please get in touch with the the DOP on this and just confirm please
0: because he'll have been there anonymously
1: confirm that that happened I think he's dead unfortunately no
0: no oh dear there is there is a big there is a really interesting story actually about uh, the producer Um, I don't know whether you guys picked this up but the producer and Seagal fell out for years over Mafia Connections and this was one of the reasons, like, Seagal really wanted to have a mafia connection in this film. So a lot of this film includes uh, Seagal sort of going up against the mafia. Richie Modano himself is uh, sort of a mafia dropout almost, isn't he? Really? He's like a wannabe wise guy. And apparently it all comes down to, yeah, these, um, he was involved in, um, Seagal was involved in racketeering trials um, in Brooklyn Federal Court in 2002 against members of the Gotti family. Because of his connections to, well, you know, I don't know whether we'll ever really know, but NASA, uh, there's a chap called Nasso who I believe was a, um, a producer on this. And he said, like, no, he never had any connections at all. But it turns out that he was actually connected to the Gambino family for for reals. Um, And Seagal was brought in as a character witness and all sorts. So, him wanting to be authentic with having the mafia connection in this film really came back to bite him (laughs) later on. (laughs) When, you know, because him and Nasso did loads of work together. And then it it turns out that, you know, yeah, Nasso really was a mob guy and Seagal is a mob. Mob guy by proxy, I think. I just like the idea that perhaps you know he was in a room with a member of the Gambino family and he had to aikido one of them, and then choke them out,
1: or he shot himself.
0: <laughs> whichever <laughs> came first. Whichever came first. You know, are we even talking about the film at this point, or just no. our favourite cigar story? Let's go back to the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, right, okay. I think, like,
3: I, it's just the trivia is so fascinating. The the really, really. Is it sounds like an absolute circus. But well, apparently, he was an hour
0: to late, hour late to set every day. Um, he was a nightmare. Like, uh, was it a Juliana? Mar- I can't say her last name. Margie, Margie, Mar- G- She makes her debut in this film. Is it Margulat? Margie? Mar- G- Mar- G- S- yeah, yeah.
3: Nurse, ha- nurse, half away from ER. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, she made her screen debut in this, and he he um, apparently was just like a bit of a pig and a nasty. You know, like never came on to her yeah. or anything like that, but was just like not very nice around her or whatever. And she'd avoid him like the plague, and that doesn't really surprise me very much, you know looking at all this. But anyway, right. Back to the movie. Bobby's been waxed. Richie walks down the street and ices him in cold blood, spits on him and then throws a Polaroid on his chest. Um, and uh, that kicks off everything. And then we've got the beautiful outfits of Seagal and Seagal's on the way. Seagal's wife shows up. We learn now that they've um, uh, they've split up. Seagal thinks it's, um, you know, like a cool, genuine Brooklyn character trait would be to go like, you know, like, of course I'm not all right. I'm like this.
3: Just <laughs> something with his arms like, I'm
1: like this because I love how I love how like, like at this point as well. Like, just in case we thought Gino was like a ruthless, hard boiled cop who like doesn't play by the mm. rules. So you're like, you're a bit of a dick at the minute, Gino. <laughs> We're shown his tender side when he saves a dog who's been thrown out of a yeah a, a car yeah in a bin bag. I... Um, it's really really quite random that scene, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's a very
0: strange it has a misstep. purpose. Yeah, it has a purpose, but it's not a great purpose. Um, in fact, it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, I wish it never happened, but I like the way that um, later on Seagal says to that kid on the corner, we're going to call him Garaggio, we're going to call him Garaggio.
2: Um
0: I like that, because uh, Seagal speaks Italian in this film.
1: He's Italian-American, yes. despite not being Italian uh, himself. Um, <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's brilliant. He's really good. I think he should have done the whole film in Italian because he was. Dead I think when,
1: when he has the sort of like Anglo-Italian uh, conversations with the mafia, it's actually pretty good. I'm like, I I believe this. Oh. I, I think this is authentic. You know, I, think I like this is it, good.
0: and I like the fact that because most most cops and whatever you know, like when they're faced with the mafia or in any crime movies. The mafia and the cops brushing up against each other. There's like a usual sort of hierarchy, isn't there? Whereas in this, it's just like Gino's having none of it. He's like, if I find him before you, you know what I'm going to do. That kind of stuff. I love all that stuff.
1: I I am quite lost with him, though, like throughout most of the film. Because is he in bed with the mob? Like, is he a bent copper?
0: oh no i don't, i never got that, that he's a bent copper i got more that he's just um he's from the same neighborhood so him and richie grew up alongside each other which why yeah. wh- which makes this even extra personal for him but him and richie and bobby as well grew up alongside each other and they yeah. um there was a fork in the road at some point and you know um gino wanted to be a wise guy but somehow didn't um and richie wanted to be a wise guy and still somehow kind of didn't mm. you know and um they sort of they left, but they still know everybody. You know what I mean. So when 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 um, Gino says on the sidewalk, you know, after Bobby's been gunned down, give me an unmarked and a shotgun. That's a great line. Un- give me an unmarked and a shotgun, and that is a man who's going to sort anything out. Um, and his superior stupidly says,
2: "Okay, yeah," <laughs> which
0: is <laughs> totally Holy absurd. Shit, he must be retiring <laughs> the following <laughs> yeah, day. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. He's again. We're from the Frank Castle school of please no paperwork. <laughs> Uh, just do whatever you need to do. Uh, and then, um, yeah, but he says, I know the neighbourhood. I can find this mo- this, this good in the new. How big is Brooklyn? I think it's quite big.
3: Because Gino seems to know every single person who's walking the streets in Brooklyn. Like, he certainly knows every wrong gun, which yes. is weird for a cop. I would say, like, he's not because like he knows them because he's investigating them. He knows them because
2: he's
0: like, yeah, baseball. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, It's very, very weird. But he knows all, he knows everyone, everywhere, doesn't he? He knows all the mob, so he's he's got like per, he's on personal first name terms with Don Vittorio, um, who's oh played by the actor what's his name? He's brilliant in everything. Um, but all the all the the mob movies, you know, he's in all of those.
1: Ronald ones. something. Ronald McConey.
0: Ronald McConey, Yeah. He is brilliant um, and I love the way that, um, you know, like you were saying, Sai, about the interplay between those two. I really like, I really like that. And when he's swimming and having a business meeting while swimming, <laughs> I really
3: like all
1: that as well. So it sets off the film, <laughs> but like the, the meeting between them sets off the film. Like he's kind of on good terms with the mob and the mob are doing their own, you know, the thing where they're sort of running the town, but keeping their business to themselves and, they agree that richie's mm. crossed the line yeah. yes gino basically says if i get to him first we're both going to go after him but if i get to him first i will kill him yeah and that's the sort of cue for the film isn't it, it, it is it yeah You're basically just gino's just basically on a war path uh at the same time as the mafia are trying to get him to, to stop richie just being an absolute nut job um yeah. And but it's, a it's bit, dead then...
0: economical with the storytelling here because it's just, it's over one night, isn't it? It's just, right, yeah. w- the mob are looking for him, Seagal is looking for him, and who's going to get there first? And while he, while Richie himself, the target, is raising hell yeah. everywhere he goes.
3: So the way it's presented is that Richie knows that he's going to be dead by the end of the night. He's not really trying to flee, is he? He's just trying to cause as much.
0: Uh, uh, Have
3: as many shenanigans as he possibly can
0: before the night is
3: out. (laughs) Calling the things he
0: does shenanigans. (laughs) He drags a woman out of a parked car and shoots her in the head. Shenanigans. (laughs) Bullies the disabled. Shenanigans. (laughs) And then shoots him in the chest. It's worse than Mac and me. It's outrageous.
3: She probably did even... just see it as light hearted banter though. Yeah, I mean exactly he, is, he
0: is having a whale of a time. <laughs> he's living like an actual epi, you know, an actual gaming session of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> just going around <laughs> being a terrible human being. An absolute nuisance. Whereas Sigald's being lovely, you know, he's driving about having a chat with the old geezers in the neighbourhood. He's buying water off some kid. and, and Les does not forget, the kid who he buys water off, um, he said, like, Hey, how's your mother? Um, you know, like yeah, she's doing good now. She's off the bed stuff. You know, like oh, good, good. Hey, and he says something like oh, Madre, and yeah. He, so it's clear that Segal set him up. You know, set up his mother. You know, looked after her. Well, at least that—that that might be me clutching at straws. <laughs> <laughs> I, we get then to a point where they're just like um, Gino's just driving around the neighbourhood essentially and he stumbles upon Richie and the guy did, did you guys notice that like suddenly oh they're there right oh they're there right I'm
1: yeah. on side at this point again because he's got a really long Beastie Boys song going on while he's driving yes, around the neighbourhood yes. so yes. I'm like yeah, yeah I'm into yeah. this I, I, I like this it's good it's good I am enjoying what's yeah. been played in front of me and then it, it, it gets lifted a bit because they're uh, so he's driving under the bridge, and he and it to me this all feels like it's real. Yes. So it feels like they've stuck a camera in the car. Yes. And he's just gone through this proper shady part of the neighbourhood. A, a a prostitute comes up to oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and says, "Hey, you guys, what a fuck!" And then he just pisses himself laughing. You're like. <laughs> That's re- that, is, that has to be real. Like, that has to be a real... His reaction is so genuine yeah, as well. because he just you know, no, himself really honest, laughing. Yeah. Because she cuts off, like, midway through the sentence. He's like, hey, you guys want a fuck? And then she sees the camera and realises yeah.
0: what it is and backs the fuck away. Do you see, like, And then he drives up to someone else and she says, like, did you hear know what he
2: said to me? he's yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. like,
0: yeah. hang on a minute, your mate's just been waxed. <laughs> You're supposed to be morose. not been a whale of a time. Being method because so
3: there's no acting there. That's clearly like B-roll footage, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like before the take, like <laughs> and they just <laughs> left it in the movie. Out, yeah. Would have left
1: it in myself. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's so. It's so really funny. good, isn't it? Really. Because they're making this point that Gino is is in with the neighbourhood. So to to leave that in yeah. just kind yeah. of enforces that. So I I really enjoyed that bit. So again, still on side rob. I I'm did I did and I'm
0: glad you brought it up because I didn't want to be the person to bring that up as well. So <laughs> thank you for bringing it up. I really enjoyed that. Um and then yeah, suddenly Richie's there and he's um he he he's always questioning everyone's Testicles in this film, Richie. Like you got the balls. You got the. You got the balls! Bo- have you got the balls? Have you got the balls? Bo- You've got the balls. And throwing money at people in their quest to see whether they have balls, and and suggesting That's that- what drugs do, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think this is his unsubtle way of recruiting people to his. His sort of nightly crusade that he's going on here. Um, And uh, he's so suddenly we've got people jumping in the car with Richie and they're driving off. And you know that Seagal, if you hadn't worked it out already, that Seagal's character, Gino, is, you know, a pretty formidable force. You know it when one of the the toughs in the car says, This guy's good.
3: But we've sort of skirted over the crap uh, French Connection recon- uh, the, reconstruction. What here, was Seagal like...
1: doing? No, but it's Jory. that. He it's jarring that. I'm not good. No, he just looks like he's wrecking the chassis of his car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <and> he <laughs> looks complex. like he's in a low rider, uh, <laughs> like <yeah>. in, in, <laughs> the Still Dre
3: video. But he's just going to over multiple speed bumps like it's yeah. ridiculous. It's clearly
1: what they're going for the old French <laughs> Connection thing, but it doesn't. He doesn't pull it off at all in any way, and. I just don't understand why Richie just didn't get away really easily because Seagal is too busy going over all the all the speed bumps. So <laughs> <And he's just, laughs> like, what are you doing? But uh, it is quite an unspectacular car chase, but it does lead to a really good. Sigal finally delivers his tough guy line, and uh, they're all lining up, and he just goes, "Come get some," and that's the best he could come up. with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's, he does. He does
0: have a couple of terrible one line. Awful one line. It's
1: like they're going, they're really going like, wants. right, Steve, right, you've got this. Just say what comes to mind. You know, off the cuff. It's going to be well good. Some. Just do it. Like, <laughs> Come get some. Oh, for fuck's sake, Steve.
0: <laughs> this is in the butchers, isn't it? Um, where obviously everyone's in the mob's pocket, and they say, you know, like Richie saying, sort him out, sort him out. And uh, they, what a great fight in the butchers. Marred totally by when he hits someone in the head with a, a sausage.
1: Yes, yeah. Now it softens it because he's <laughs> he's impaled someone's hand on the wall with a with a cleaver. Yeah. And then yeah, he hits someone over the head with a sausage just to just for lols, just to soften it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and for like,
3: is this the first time that he disarms someone who's got a gun? Like who could easily just shoot him and put an end to this whole sordid business? Yeah. Like yeah. just shoot him easily uh but no no he's quicker than a than a man can pull a trigger and uh he disarms him quite easily and tells him not to be a bad guy be a yeah. good guy instead
0: i think
1: that's yeah cuz he's just like mario uh, no, serving up just the leads he's not a, a tough guy he's just a butcher he's, he's not... just working no, at the no, deli so no. he's, he's in a bad sausage.
0: situation bad situation <laughs> Exactly. And before when Seagal leaves, this is a good exit to um, a shop fight scene. Seagal's been involved in a few good shop fight scenes. For me, the best fight he ever has in a shop is for sure in "How to Kill. Go check it out if you haven't already. Um, <laughs> if you haven't already, you know. Uh, but in this, he um, after he's disarmed him, he empties all the bullets on the floor of the shop. Around all the stricken people, and throws the entire gun in an um, uh, empty gun in a like a shopping basket, and walks out the door. Now that's come on, tell me. You're silent. Why
3: are you
1: silent? <laughs> it was all right.
3: <laughs> Should he not be like like collecting this stuff for evidence? You know of crimes.
0: Well, you know, you know, hey like? He he asked for an unmarked and a shotgun. He's again. We don't like paperwork. So he's not a cop anymore. He's just a vigilante. It seems that way. It definitely seems that way. Um, (laughs) Right. Is he being paid for this day's work? (laughs) Can we... Right, after this, um, he sees a mob guy and they talk about him being a button man. Um, You know, you got your button, he says to the the mob guy. And I think that means he's a hitman now. I'm not sure. I think a button man is a a hitman for the mob, which is interesting. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I'm
3: zoning out so much on all these mob... Sequences. I mean, see, I seriously, like who gives a shit? Like, honestly, let's just crack on. All we know right. what we're here for. I'll, I'll, like... all
0: right. Well, no, but I'll tell you what comes next, which is one of the more original things you were ever going to see in any action film, which is where the hero goes to see the villain's parents in their own home and tells them he's going to kill them. <laughs> Have you ever seen that before? I haven't. I can't
3: think of anything that coming to mind, but it's brilliant. But the, uh, the the only thing I was focusing on on the, uh during that scene is the fact that uh Richie's father is played by Junior Soprano. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> and he is acting the face off everybody in that scene. Because he's a brilliant actor. Exactly, exactly. Telling but telling Richie's dad he's gonna whack Richie and his mum's crying, oh, it's superb. I love that scene so much. Mm. One of my favorites I think you know in the golden era I think we're straight away right i'm gonna I'm gonna call this how it is. this is I think the best bar fight scene in all cinema I can think of
1: oh uh, i uh,
0: I can't think of one I like more than this one,
1: but it's definitely the best pool hall bar fight scene in this movie <laughs> <laughs>
0: I honestly, all right, okay. I won't say I won't say it's the best for in terms of, uh, oh, well, for all sorts of reasons. But this is my favorite bar fight scene in any It's film, it's I the know. best
1: scene in this movie by a distance. Loads of like, reasons, easily. But
0: it is. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, I I adore it. Um, when he goes in there and he's anybody seen Richie? Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? Oh, I'm I'm all in. But he's such a Menace. He's a proper nuisance in this bar, shoving people in places. Uh, Rich, Richie's brother's in there, who looks exactly like him, which is weird. Um, and he, he wanders around the bar, threatening everybody, whacking people's teeth out with pool balls. Oh. And the lighting in that bar is unbelievable. The, 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 I think I, I really uh, the love editing in the fight sequence is brilliant as well. I really
1: love this scene. It,
0: really it, is it is a good scene, to like, be fair. It is it's a really a. good scene.
3: Keeps shoving that poor bloke into the, into the
0: phone oh. box. <laughs> and, then, and then the guy keeps saying like he's nothing without that badge and that gun until and then yeah. he says it so many times and then oh lovely payoff
1: you you, you just cannot question the size of gino's cojones no uh, at this no, point you, you can't because he's can't. like um he's just he's going into a, a packed pool hall with in new york and you can't go into a packed pool hall in new york and not kick in it not kick off (laughs) so he's asking for trouble
0: Especially if you're not shouting at people. Yeah. It, so again, like I you know,
1: I really I really do I I really did like this scene. And he's improv again, he's just hilarious. He's so he, funny. He's walking down the bar and he's just like, Who's is this? What's this? And he smashes a glass and he goes, yeah, What's yeah. this? Who? and then he gets a hot dog and goes, Whose hot dog is this? Is this yours? And then he throws a hot dog into someone's face. It's like, <laughs> he's just—he's—he's not—he's not great on the old improv, but it's hilarious nonetheless. It's it's, not but I—I I
0: genuinely think that um, this is the—the the best moment of the film, the best lit, the it best is, edited, uh, the best shot. It's brilliant. I love all this, and that's before we even get to sticks. Yeah,
3: oh, right. So this is where this is right. When, you, when you're making a film, right, you have to be conscious of things that are suddenly going to take you out of the reality of the world that you're building at that stage, right? And having some sort of nunchuck master <laughs> sitting in this mobbed up bar who's a friend of Bruce Lee's and only in it because Steve Seagal wants to have a scene with this guy, basically, right? <laughs> so they have dueling pool cues. I was like, oh, I was enjoying this scene and now it's just a load of old rubbish no! with Steven it's Seagal just sheet. hitting
1: I, sticks against I'm this gonna, guy. I'm going to have to disagree with you there, James. I really <laughs> love that bit. I think like I it's, love it. it's a staple of American action films to have a um, Far East... Martial arts expert, have a randomly have a fight with the main it person. Is,
2: it is. Can it's I, just
1: please? you just expect it. And I was, you I was, do. I, I loved it. I love the sound of the sticks because oh, like, sh- they were prop- Like the Foley guy was loving
3: it. When I say I wasn't enjoying it, it's not because of what was happening on the screen, like the choreography of those hitting sticks, even though there's no progress made at all during that,
2: like, <laughs> <neither> <laughs> one of them makes any move forward. <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> I love all that choreography what I'm saying is for me is that they've been try- trying to up this hard-boiled Brooklyn realistic you know realistic yeah, sort of this saying, is my yeah. version of Goodfellas right and then all of a sudden there's like kung fu master who no, knows really good with sticks who's just hanging out in this shitty ball ball and from have you
1: ever heard the song everybody was kung fu fighting i'm pretty sure yeah. that was set in new york yeah. so do you know what i mean maybe everyone was kung fu fighting in brooklyn in it's time.
0: <laughs> like when you put it like that it's a bit like me wandering over to the eagle and child tonight and stumbling across a, a triple black belt in there. <laughs> you know, who's just ready, <laughs> literally ready to roll at any moment. Getting the
1: nunchucks out.
0: Can, can <laughs> I can I tell you about Dan Inosanto, please? Can I cause um I've known about Dan Inosanto for ages. Well since this came out, but I, I knew him from um I was a huge Brandon Lee fan. Uh in the early nineties, obviously, because sadly we were robbed from, I think Brandon Lee will be a massive star now. Uh, That's for a different conversation, but um, anyway, um, he, Dan Inosanto, yeah, James, you're absolutely right. He really, Sigal wanted a scene with this guy because he felt it gave him, you know, credibility as a, as a martial arts star because this guy was, you know, he was one of Bruce Lee's boys, Dan Inosanto. And he was one of only three people, I think, that um, Bruce Lee would allow to teach his particular, you know, offshoot of Jiu-Jitsu, Jeet Kune Do. And um, his notable students since then, have included this is not Bruce Lee, this is Inosanto. So Styx. Styx has been teaching um jiu-jitsu Jikundo across Hollywood since then. And his his students include yeah Brandon Lee, uh Denzel Washington, Forrest Whitaker, and uh, Anderson Silver, the uh, MMA fighter. So how crisp yeah. is that? Lovely.
3: Yeah, like I say, no problem with the choreography at all. I just feel like it's suddenly been imported from a different movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, out. okay, fair enough. And and can we have that movie? Is there any way we could have
3: that? <laughs> it's never explained why Gino's so good at martial arts in the first place, having grown up in inner city
0: Brooklyn. No, well, that, <laughs> that's a strange one. That is true. At least as an in Italian the other...
1: American as well.
0: Yeah. Because you, you don't, I, I'm guessing you don't just pick that up casually at police training.
1: Maybe that's how he got his beret. He passed some sort of
0: say <laughs> award passes. berets instead of black belts in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's your Brooklyn beret for Aikido mastery. <laughs> um, <laughs> the triple B, the black bu- Brooklyn beret. Uh, yeah, in again, you know, Vern has pointed out in his book. His fantastic book that um in sigology there are certain tropes that you will see popping up and uh, one of those is multiculturalism um you know so in loads of movies you know they explain this by the fact that oh he spent a load of time over in asia or whatever you know and he's adopted bits and pieces of other cultures that's never that's this books the trend in out for justice because it's never mentioned that he's adopted any other cultures he is a brooklyn boy born and raised isn't he italian american brooklyn boy um so, yeah, it's a bit different, this one. Um, <laughs> I, um, oh, no, I've just realised that um, I was having such a good time at this point that I've stopped making notes and just started enjoying the movie for what it was. <laughs> Don't you worry, boys. Should we just skipped on the end then.
1: <laughs> no, we, we definitely cannot because we've got so much stuff to go through. We are, but it's probably a good point to say, like, for me, uh, this is where the film takes a steep nosedive after this ah, yes. pool hall scene. I think. I mean, there's
3: there's been there's been issues anyway. I mean, the the representation of women in this film. I know it's from a certain yeah. era yeah. for a certain audience. They're but
1: all prostitutes. They're all prostitutes. everyone's a sex worker or a
3: wife. Basically, like
1: that is it. Yes. That this is, is not the, passing. The gambit the of test. <laughs>
0: No, that's exactly correct. Yes, no, it's not a, it's not a shiny example of equality. This film, Of
3: feminism in the modern age. It is What's not. It, <laughs> is
0: not. it is not. It is not. No, uh, because he spends quite a bit of time going to that, um, that club, doesn't he? It's not quite a lap dance. Yeah, club to see place. Gina Gershon, who yeah. is
3: a, who uh, apparently the way she introduces herself is he goes, hey, whatever her character name is, how's it going? And Gina Gershon replies with, she can still get it wet.
0: Yeah, I I didn't enjoy that. Um... There,
1: there is a good one in this bit though, where uh, so there's someone approaches Seagal and gives him a name on a napkin. When he speaks to Gina Gershon and then he he says, "Who's that girl over there?" And she's like, "Oh, uh, which one?" And he says, "The one with the nipples you can dial a phone with."
2: Oh, dear. <laughs> and I was like,
1: "What? What does that even mean?" Oh I don't know that's
0: you... That's um. I mean, that's <laughs> crass at best, isn't it? Really, that one. Uh what is he talking about what is he talking about? What, what what i'm going to choose to take from this section <laughs> is that um, this man Gino i think he's in lots of ways he's as bad as richie in terms of how much he's lost his mind um and what he'll do but he just he's has a to- terrible police officer he's an awful Absolutely police officer but, shocking. Um, and he throws he throws Gina Gershon in jail for well nothing he yeah. just he picks a reason doesn't he and chuck it her, chucks her in the slammer um but this is not after it because i think he misses a lot of payoff lines in this there's loads of payoff lines gino could do in this if he wanted to do the action eighties action star with the 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 smooth you know the smooth words but he doesn't do many but he does one particularly bitter one when he um now i i don't i, I don't often use cuss words on the pod, but I'm going to have to on this instance, where he says, if you see your brother Richie, tell him I'm going to cut off his head and piss down his throat. (laughs) I thought, that That You know he's a bad boy if he's saying that to people.
1: So I've put in my notes at this point, at this exact point in the film, I've decided that Steven Seagal is an absolute maniac. (laughs) (laughs) Truth, truth, true dat. Yeah, I've lost. I'm I'm lost with him at this point. I'm just like, what? How is he getting away with this? He's as bad as, as you say, he's as bad as Richard. Oh, that's point. that's he's what I. That's this
0: nothing. is it. Yeah, but uh, but I like that again. I quite enjoy that. I just don't think he's brilliant at conveying that. Again, are we talking about things in this film where if you replace Segal with a more competent actor and a, a more recognisable action star, are we suddenly a much better film?
1: You put Van Damme in this, it's a way better film. I think you're right. I think I'm not even right. joking. I genuinely think he could pull this off way better than Seagal. It, I mean, ha- it would have to be he, rubbish. He, he would have, to be, right. he would have to be a French-American. <laughs> like, he'd have to be Cajun. <laughs> <like> he, <laughs> yeah, time, it would, cause we'd cause have to relocate no it to the bayous again. Th- there's no There's no way Van Damme's doing an Italian, being an Italian-American. <laughs> <He's better laughs> I... I would give
0: anything for Van Damme to do with an Italian American accent. I'd do a uh, uh, Brooklyn accent. I, uh, I would do anything. <laughs> anything. Again, that £500 pounds that was on the table before. Imagine
1: if it's Stallone. Imagine Stallone did. This. Stallone!
3: Oh Stallone could do this movie.
1: Stallone would smash this movie. Oh. And he wouldn't have flabby arms either.
0: No, but he'd be <laughs> oh like, God. you'd believe that his hardness as well. like, And you can still have a scrap with sticks. Yeah. definitely (laughs) we can still do that because this isn't
1: this isn't like a like a a, like a van damme film where he does some daft like roundhouse kicking what no other actor could do yeah it's not like you could it's not like all he does is sort of do some flips with people and break people's wrists and stuff i i (laughs) i'm saying i've planted the seed in my head if this was a stallone film if stallone was writing it say and he did it this could have been fucking amazing yeah, because yeah. well, no, the
0: way I, it looks, I agree. I, I would just simply swap out, let's just swap out Seagal and put Stallone in. And well,
3: because the thing is, after the sticks situation, the, the Aikido thing goes out the window,
0: it's all gunfights anyway. After yeah, that point. and he Stallone's holds. And can we just get a, um, a bit of love for how Seagal holds a gun? Because, um, I asked someone, <laughs> you know, like I went on a shooting range and a stag do, and I said, like, what do you think about this? You know, like when, and I said, like. I held a gun like Segal does, you know, like up and out with the wrist cocked. And he said, um, You'd break every bone in your wrist on the first pull of the trigger. <laughs> so, you know, no <laughs> points for
1: realism there. Not Steve, if you're right. an Aikido master, though, Rob. Not well, exactly,
0: yeah, master. because you'd just have been choked out and pooed on yourself <laughs> and have a broken wrist for your trouble. <laughs> uh, Imagine that. <laughs> Uh, then so so much of the second half of the film is is butchered by Segal worrying that William Forsythe is stealing the movie from him and is cut down. So there's loads of stuff that's gone, and um, which probably you know makes for an economical conclusion. Yeah.
3: So basically, what happens is that basically. He, he arrests Gina Gershon, takes her to the station, breaks into Bobby's desk, finds nudie pictures in there, and then we go from there, basically, and we <laughs> could sort of start connecting the dots Where'd ourselves.
2: Where you said that?
0: All I could think about was Billy Madison, like, Nudie Magazine Day!
1: <laughs> I... That's about the level that we're at. To be no, no, it's, it's... The biggest yes, laugh it was, was yes, at yes. those nudie Polaroid pictures, though, because it was like... Uh, <laughs> and, and you, you guys have seen Basketball, right? You remember, basically, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, when yeah, one yeah. of his one of his psychouts, one of uh, psych-outs is he 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 reveals a T-shirt with a picture of this woman, and the guy the guy who's doing the shot goes, "Hey, that's my wife," and he goes, "Yeah, and this is me," and then he opens the <laughs> other side of his top, and it's a picture of him like. His wife is, like, bent over waving, and he's, like, waving. <laughs> that is exactly what this photo was like. Just this Polaroid of, like, his cop mate with this prozzy, like,
0: waving. <laughs> I, who, so I'm gonna, uh, who in the hell is taking these photographs? You know, no. Because oh, no it's, selfies back in this time. No, and it's miles away from them. It's not close to them. They're not holding it. It's on a tripod. <laughs> Do you know? I, I've thought about this all week since I watched the film. Do you know who I think I think it's Paulie's robot was, took them. <laughs> that's what happened. I think we've hit the multiverse, the Out for Justice Rocky Four multiverse. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, that's the only explanation I can think of. Because there's no... You can't... You didn't have timers on Polaroids yeah, yeah. back then. Well, possibly. I Did don't you? know. But
3: if not, you're taking them down the chemist to get them developed as well. No, no. Like, have really you have to really commit on them, to having sexy
1: like... pictures. Like... No, oh, Polaroids. Polaroids are It the flops out there. the bottom, Were they Polaroids? It? Yeah,
2: it was, yeah.
0: It flops right, out the okay. bottom and you give it a wiggle. And... Um... Yeah. So they're not going down to boots and getting them developed. taking them
2: to boots. You're not
1: going to them, Matt, Oh, no. I I have
0: boys, boys. I have to be honest. I went to a, uh, uh, in 2001, I went to a basement party in uh, Michigan. And uh, there was one of those disposable cameras going around. And I was the, I, I took it to the, you know, the local Walgreens the next day to get it made out and like there was some pictures of you know people having a good time and then the then there was one picture of some people getting it on on the sofa in, and it was full you know like and I was and I'd gone to pick them up I was like oh my god you know like, no wonder they were giggling when I went to get them you know so I know just I've done that I have done I didn't mean to and I hasten to add for you this, and Bobby I was
1: uh, well no I wasn't the Bobby in this situation I was not the Bobby in this
0: situation um so
1: like We've we've had uh, so we've had the mobsters raiding Seagal's wo- ex wife's house with the kid. Yeah, uh, uh, we get into that. Sorry,
3: I might have. Uh... No, no,
1: th- this is where we're up to. Where they Seagal.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're moving on to that now, yeah. Irregularly somehow gets it back together with his wife, despite all they've done is really hate on each other for the runtime of the film. And And he's murdered a
3: few people in the interim.
0: (laughs) Is he going for the John Carter way of working through one's issues? Slaughter people and then you suddenly feel better about
1: things. He has murdered a lot of people by this point and then it gets even worse during this bit because they raid his house for some reason and then he dispatches them all. And then...
3: This the is funniest a... moment in the in the whole film in this bit, though, you know, when he goes for the shotgun above the fridge and he blasts that guy through the window, right? Oh, and his brilliant. son wakes up like he's <laughs> 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 like a pisshead who's just been woken
0: on a park bench. But <laughs> for the listeners when James was watching this, he sent me and Simon a freeze frame of that exact moment of this kid in slippers and a dressing gown fumbling around on a double bed that <laughs> he wasn't even in. He wasn't even in the bed. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> just like, like someone, like Twitter, Paulie, it, like, uh, like uh, Paulie'd been taken. disturbed from his slumber in Rocky's guest bedroom. <laughs> and then it Sirius was like, he
3: just slept through his alarm. <laughs> But
0: it was actually shotgun
3: blast. I have
1: just had to get that picture back up on my phone and it's yeah, it's very good. <laughs>
0: can we can we post that somehow during the it you is... know maybe when we do a teaser for the, the pod. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, but I loved all that. I, I, again I love all that business. Um I'm, I'm love it I love it when the bad guys go to the hero's home and, and
1: uh really jeopardise the situation. Uh, that's always good. Yeah, I'm completely lost at this point because I don't know why uh for one why richie's doing all this anyway because it seems like just for a laugh <laughs> much like the crew on a Steven Seagal movie they don't no one really likes him they're just keeping <laughs> up with
0: they they're just doing it because they've shown him a a lockbox full of cash <laughs> yeah so he's,
1: yeah and then that that so richie and his his cronies are all at this um that the 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 prostitutes house, right?
3: Yeah, they go back to Carol Hathaway's uh, house. Yeah,
0: and and she used to be a prostitute. but She's not anymore.
1: Now Sigala's put his wife and kid in protective custody. No, not custody. Protecting a protective house somewhere. Yeah. Um. He then goes full steam to to complete his revenge mission.
0: Yeah, do him in.
1: So yeah, he, they all
3: make it over to uh, Nurse Carol Hathaway's house basically and where Richie's having a bit of a soirée <laughs> before. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, there's a horrible uh party going on. And I think this is one of the, uh, this is another just behind the the bar scene there's another great scene in this film actually. I love this end shootout really like it.
3: This is quite well shot to be fair. It is, because like you know the yeah, layout of the shotgun place.
0: It's blast. It is, and, yeah, yeah, the yeah. layout of the place. You, It's edited so tightly that you know the layout, you know where you're going because it's quite a unique layout because there's like a little alleyway to the side of the house where Sigal can conveniently yeah, yeah. reach through or shoot through and get at people and whatever. Um, and um, thanks to the glorious HD quality, Si, uh, which I know that you enjoyed as yes, well. I did, yeah. Sorry, James, I... I um, I sent um, James in standard death from one of my spare copies, dear listeners. It's all
1: right.
3: I don't think I missed out on much to be perfectly honest.
0: <laughs> well, no, I, on the floor, you know, the the stuff like they'd really gone to town with the um, the the detail in that. You know, like on the floor there was where there was loads of cigarette butts and blood everywhere, and it was great. It was really, like they really. Done, but I love that scene because, and it goes to like I think this is one of the most violent Seagal films as well. Like the dude gets his legs shot off, and. Um, you know, he lies yeah, on the Yeah, the knee down. Yeah, yeah not, sir. that was that was bad. That was, it's quite ugh.
1: irresponsible of Sigal to go into this house.
0: A <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. you know. Having watched this film, I don't think responsibility is something is that included. <laughs> in <with.
3: laughs> really, <laughs> he's a terrible, terrible police officer. Let's not. He's he a is. good murderer, bad police officer. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, maybe he was supposed to be a mob guy after all. You know, like <laughs> he'd have been terrified as a mob guy.
1: What makes this worse is it's not even Richie's house and they absolutely destroy it. This poor woman yeah, yes, right. who's now, she's turned a corner, she's no longer selling a body for money, she's now no longer a prostitute, she goes home and it gets absolutely destroyed with this <laughs> massive gang shootout. <laughs> Window, people get thrown out of windows, people's faces get smashed up against brick walls, shotgun blasts everywhere. Yeah. Oh, snide the bill for that Snide, that.
2: snide.
1: <laughs> doesn't Sigal just kick the tattooed
3: guy into a wall and he dies?
0: Yeah, it, it's yes, not great. He, that yeah, have I imagined that? Doesn't he? No, he he, <laughs> he calls him something like um, oh, some terrible like, cop, something. But uh, you, you horrible cop, or It'll it'll obviously be worse than that. <laughs> so but from the screen. <laughs> I just can't remember what it was. But and then he, he boots him terribly and he, he sort of crumples against the wall. And then we eventually get that brilliant fight with Richie. And it's not really a fight, is it? It's just he just absolutely dehumanises yeah, it.
3: What we should also say is that um at this point that Sigal does get shot during this Oh shift, he does yeah. doesn't seem to right bother at him in the start, least. Right at the yeah. start yeah. He
1: gets shot in the stomach, doesn't he? Like, like was just grazed on the stomach.
3: Yeah, it may as well be like a, a paper cut as far as he's concerned. Like it's just,
1: he's an Akido it's just master, a... James. You don't feel that shit. Oh. You feel the shit you do in your pants after you get <laughs> <laughs> choked out, <laughs> choked support, out you know, yeah. by some geezer on the set.
0: Uh, I, but, w- Richie <laughs> still is. I mean, he must be drugged up to the nines, but he's not submitting to anything here. Uh, well, he
3: says he likes pain, which is handy because he gets his fucking arse kicked.
0: <laughs> I I still like him as a villain. I like the fact that he's lost his mind. Uh he's um it's funny. Um and then he gets um he gets hit with everything in this kitchen. Like uh, he gets a frying pan <laughs> on the back of the head with a satisfying dong. Um he gets booted in the knackers. He gets um <laughs> Shoved into a face. His fridge. face rammed
3: into a wall.
0: <laughs> he gets everything happens. He's bleeding like a hog, he gets his head put through a window. And then the, the pièce de resistance, he gets a corkscrew through through the through the front of his skull. Um
3: Yeah, it's proper uh, attitude era uh, <laughs> hardcore title. <titans laughs>
0: <to the kids. laughs> like it,
3: all he had to do was hit him with an aluminium bin to like yeah,
0: to properly cement go. the trope.
1: Yeah, Ask for uh, Devon to bring out the table.
0: <laughs> yeah. Set one on fire. <laughs> uh, I love it. But again, what an awful payoff line. You know, when he's yeah. done it, like there's loads of stuff you could do with that. You know, like get twisted. You know, that's terrible. But you know what I mean? Like you could have said something. Better like, than what's in the film. Well, yeah. yeah. But in the film, he says like, that's for Barbie.
1: Yeah. Come oh, on. Yeah. His his lines are his improv sort of payoff lines are fucking shocking. So bad. Yeah,
3: don't be so literal. Like lean into the stupidity. We've forgotten about Bobby hours ago. I don't mean
0: (laughs) what. And worse than that, we've actually realised that Bobby was a scumbag cheating on his wife and kids. So, but you know, fair's fair. And also, he's already done the best payoff line by saying he was going to urinate down a, a decapitated man's open windpipe. So you know. We don't need to go He peaked with that. He <laughs> peaked with that. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I also love that. You know, just in case you don't know, he's totally unhinged. Um, As soon as he's killed him, the mob guy shows up ahead of the cops because the police are as you've said, James, garbage in this film. Um, the mob He takes the gun off the mob guy and empties it into Ritchie. Um, and the guy is so upset about it. You know, the, even the mob guy is disturbed at how awful how awful Gino is. Uh, and then it's straight away roll credits with a soft rock song that Sigal himself wrote. Oh, no, no, not yet. No, you know it isn't. You're oh, no, out I'm, I'm so sorry. You're right. You're the right, payoff you're right. Of,
1: the, of the dog. So we, we I said before he... To see his tender side, he saves a dog who got chucked out. Of the and car. leaves it in the car all
3: night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's noticed when he picks up that dog, he notices a bumper sticker on the car. With yeah, the, yeah. On the, on the car. And then during the epilogue, they're on the boardwalk of Jersey or something. And um, he he sees this car. He has a set to of a bloke like bro- you know walks past his wife and shoulder barges her, and he's like, "What the fuck, man!" And then he realises it's the guy who chucked the dog out the window. So he finally that that, that that story is paid off. I mean it's the most pointless little side plot of
3: anything.
0: It means nothing.
1: It, does it, it, uh, does anyone remember what happened. he calls
3: the man? Fuck nuts.
2: Yes! Yes! <laughs> I do yes! Ah.
3: I enjoyed that bit. So anyone who's listened to our Rocky Four episode will
0: get that particular I, I, I love it, you know, like, all these episodes are linked. They're
1: all linked. We, we, we glossed over another... There was another excellent um, insult at some point. Uh, I think it was uh, just before the pool hall. And uh, he calls someone a chicken shit pussy arsehole. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's just him not remembering his line and saying that they swear you words You can just as he can.
1: swear <laughs> as much as you can in a sentence. Vaguely that, make them a noun.
0: <laughs> that is... That is... Now, I because th- that was part of the bit where where Gino is being the best Gino. He's living his best Gino at that point. Going around being an absolute horror show. Um I think that ending, you know you were just talking about when he smashes the the dude it's one of the greatest in the game, Yeah, it's one of the greatest nut shots in all of film I can think. Like the most satisfying yeah. trash to the knackers. It's
1: it's quite harsh because the man is quite an elderly gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> But he does abuse animals. He so. does, yeah, yeah. Probably probably class as a pensioner and uh, he's a bit mad at that point. He's a bit angry at everyone. He's lived in New York all his life. Everyone's a bit of a dick. And then he just gets shinned in the balls. <laughs> An
0: Aikido master. Whose <laughs> pants are covered in faeces.
3: You know what always upsets me about when people get absolutely nailed in the nuts in movies? is you never see them retching on the ground after, <laughs> like, like, actually being sick. No, no,
0: James, James, that's just in this country on cold Sunday mornings when you take a a, a size five <laughs> mitre to the knackers. <laughs> <laughs> Proper stinger.
2: That's you,
3: and you're throwing that? up eight pints from the night before. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and then the dog, you know, again, urinates on the pensioner, uh, while he's saying, my balls, <laughs> my balls. <laughs> it's so, uh, you know, and then he says, he, he goes into his Brooklyn stuff like, hey, Vic, we've got a police dog over here or what? You know, and um, like, oh, God, come on. Because police
1: dogs love to piss all over the perp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's, uh, isn't that standard, standard, you know, training, teaching? Anyway, uh, and then credits Gino's roll, a it's a, bad, a cigar. No, Well, no, credits
3: don't roll. There's a, there's a... Of Stephen highlight montage before the credits <laughs> in which it shows all of Seagal's best bits from the movie. <laughs>
1: he definitely Super. requested that in the edit, didn't he? One hundred percent. Well, you can tell he's a producer on this one.
0: <laughs> he, he good gracious me, he definitely did. Boys, give me a best bit. Oh um, best bit, best bit, best
1: bit. Go on, Sai, you go first. Uh I guess specific bit. It's obviously in the pool hole scene, 'cause because that is you know, I think we're all in agreement that's the best bit in this whole film. But just where he's casually walking through, there's about 20, 30 people in there and he's being cocky as balls. And then he just... Uh, there's a guy who <laughs> leans on his bar stool, leans back on his barstool and gives him some shit. And he just kicks the bar still from
2: the, <laughs> the guy
1: goes flying. So like, petty. I enjoyed that very, I, very I, much. I really enjoyed that bit. That was that and that was as simple as it was my favourite bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: My uh, favourite part is uh, right at the start, freeze frame of Sigal's mug with pimp shoes in the lower <laughs> thread being smashed through a windshield. <laughs> I
0: can't I cannot tell you how happy I am to hear those two things you guys have both just said, because I've gone years without being able to talk about any of this stuff. So this is this is a proper coming out therapy. party tonight. This is th- no, I, I am using the pod for therapy. A few weeks ago it was aliens. Now it's to get the Seagal stuff off my chest. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to say um, as a favorite moment, I mean, I could pick so many here. I'm really going to try it not to be wardrobe because I'm now worried about that part of myself. <laughs> um, and the wardrobe is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because it takes place in one night, then it's all all right. Um, oh, we we haven't mentioned it, but I, it's not my favourite moment. Just Let's just say that my favourite moment is the, anything to do with the bar bit. But when he... Um, <laughs> when he's at home with his kid and you realise he's a single dad and his kid's doing his homework and he walks in and he swaggers in like in his in his low cut <laughs> in his low cut outfit and and he sits down on the thing like and he just he's got like a little cup or something he sits down and and the kid says like you know um want to play catch and he says yeah you finished your homework no you want to play catch with me like all right come on like it's not <laughs> no. so and then he says go get your mitt and he walks out and he kicks him in bum as he walks (laughs) kicks his own kid in the bum as he walks out no I can't believe we've not talked about that before yeah that's a highlight but anything to do with the bar is unbelievable and I absolutely it
1: is a good scene to be fair it really really is the bar scene is the high point it is
0: it is I actually think um, you guys are so lucky because that is I think the high point of the, gold,
2: We're lucky, the Golden Sarah. Era. We're lucky that we've <laughs> you, had to watch this. No, no, you <laughs> Three
0: pounds fifty. You three guys palms, are. Palms, you, you I'm got, so up, glad
3: you have... posted me a copy of this. <laughs> 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 uh, I refuse to buy it, listeners. That was, <laughs> was trade Because Rob has about 18 copies he sent
1: me no, one no, of no, them. three. three. <laughs> have you three. got it on Betamax as well, Rob? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I still I still I still have a you know I've got three on disc, I've got a fourth on VHS. Uh never mind. <laughs> Let's pretend that's not, not happening. Um right. For your reconsideration. Oh no.
3: No, absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, aside from some I, I enjoyed it but it's a deeply deeply offensive film to possibilities <laughs> 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 I can't in good conscience recommend it to anyone <laughs> at all so uh, so yeah, a, there's some really nicely shot uh, shootouts, uh, and I did laugh a lot, which you're not supposed to, but I did, because it's just ridiculous, how can you not laugh at this stuff? Um, but it's a re- when you actually strip it down to what it's about and how it depicts the world, I mean, I don't know how residents of Brooklyn must feel about this film, but <laughs> they can't be <laughs> very happy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a deeply unpleasant turd, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. It's a really bland action star in the in the front and centre. So, no, I won't be recommending this or saying that the listeners should reconsider it. Right, that's a disgrace.
0: You don't think anyone could get any enjoyment out of it? Like 10 o'clock on Well, the Friday, I did. I got no, some like, enjoyment out of it,
3: but not for the right reasons.
0: No, no I, I don't <laughs> think anyone ever would. But if you're saying, like, you go home, say you go home, um, you're just back from the pub, and this is on TV. And you just ordered No, because do,
3: uh, no, we've done we've done these tongue in cheek sort of massive action movies before. So we've done Hard Target and we've done Rocky Four. That is the sort of benchmark for these sort of silly big yeah I understand that. action understand films. That. This one, it takes itself so seriously and Seagal is in it so much and he has so many lines. If it was a bit more fun and understood how ridiculous it was, then I would be more on board with it. But yeah, Yeah, I I think it's perfectly well made from the people who... Seagal's such a massive presence in this, (laughs) in terms of controlling the whole production and being front and centre in the whole thing, Mm -hmm. like... You just can't divorce yourself away from how terrible he is, like, <laughs> and, and enjoy the rest of the film. Or I couldn't, anyway. Simon might feel that.
1: I first, as I've as I've kept you up to date during the conversation, I was I was on side with this film for a good half of it. I thought up until that pool scene, pool, the pool hall scene. I was, I was enjoying it. I thought it. it, it I liked the grittiness of it. I liked. How ridiculously hilarious it was, if it was intentional or not. Obviously not intentional. But unless you are into the golden era of Seagal films. <laughs> Thank you for
0: using its official title.
1: I wouldn't uh I, you know, I wouldn't say this is for a reconsideration of the everyman. It's not so much like Seagal Gino is not so much out for justice, more out for being an arsehole psychopath with no respect for the law. <laughs> <laughs> Never a true uh, That definitely movie.
3: wouldn't have got through Warner Brothers because it has to be three three words.
1: But I think um, I I, liked, I I I caught a review on um, Letterboxd which I quite quite enjoyed uh, by a chap called Dan D who gave it three and a half stars, and he said. I'm not convinced Seagal is playing an actual human being here. (laughs) (laughs) Though I suppose that goes for most of his movies. But the bar scene is legit great. It is. Yeah, that's fair enough. And it's pretty entertaining all the way through. Kind of (laughs) debatable. Definitely transitioned from 80s action movies to 90s ones as it has its feet in both pools. Oh, that's interesting. Um, So that's quite a good, I thought that was a good sort of, summary of it that it's an early 90s flick and it's coming from those 80s 90s flicks
0: definitely definitely i
1: wasn't privy to seagal until under siege like i think most people and i haven't seen under siege for about 25 years but remember i love that film (laughs) i really loved it uh because i loved how uh, in under siege it's like seagal had got really fat so they went. We're gonna to have to make him a chef. So to explain how fat he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Little bit of this, one for you, one for me, one for you. One for me. Well, you know, like, executive <laughs>
1: decisions, a good one as well. You know, he does. He's have, only in he's that like, for fifteen minutes. That's why it's so good, Rob. Like uh, it. Right, <laughs> that. that is
0: definitely not part of the golden era. <laughs> He's fuming with that film. He can't believe he dies. I thought he was going to save Kurt Russell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, for my part, for your reconsideration. Yeah. Get this (laughs) this thing reconsidered. Um, I'm going to start with Vern because Vern um, is, as we've discussed, he is the Einstein of Sigology. So, Out for Justice is missing the politics of the other Seagal movies of the period, but it's worth it. It feels more like a legitimately good, 70s badass picture. The script doesn't seem like it was necessarily written for Seagal, and I'm positive that if it had a star more respected by the current critical establishment, like, say, Mickey Rourke, Jan Michael Vincent, or I don't know, some... (laughs) Prick from Three Men and a Baby, <laughs> that it would be acknowledged as some kind of a classic, or at least have a reputation as an underrecognized revenge picture of the early nineties. Now that last line there, this is me speaking now. That last line there, an underrecognized revenge picture from the early nineties. Exactly why I would suggest you reconsider it. I think there's loads of dross yeah, out I there. I would agree with that this, is... this
3: would be so much better if Steve Gutenberg was in it. <laughs>
1: that is interesting because we essentially did have that conversation. Like if, you we know, did. I mean, we, did. we said alone, but we've like... all
0: agreed the fact that this would be a better film if it didn't have Seagal in it. And I think that um, Seagal is so fascinating that you like James use that word divorce. You can't divorce Seagal from his imprint upon this film at all. I would love yeah, to. He's all over he it. He is. Yeah. yeah. I, right down to final cut and the montages, the fact that the second half of the film is delivered the way it is, is all Seagal. Um, because I get the impression he held them all hostage with a an aikido wrist grip in the <laughs> in the studio until he got to say, you know, like he's taking the movie from me. I don't know why I'm doing the, you know, the the Mark Wahlberg voice for that. But I'm I'm definitely gonna say, check it out. The the fight scenes are fun. Um, it's a really good, well shot revenge piece. It's quick as you like. At, uh, a cool eighty three slash ninety one minutes. <laughs> 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 and. Uh, It's loads of fun and it features, it is the best Seagal movie ever made. And if you are interested to to see what the pinnacle of that Putin puppet's film career actually was, this is it. So go check it out. I had a blast. I'm so glad I made these guys sit through it and I hope other listeners will sit through it too.
3: I would recommend,
1: <laughs> I would recommend reading the IMDb trivia page as it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Why you know like we film. so we get those
0: um, <laughs> those lovely double disc sets. Why has there never been a double disc set of this with like a documentary about like the troubled production order? You know, it would have
1: been fascinating. I'd, I love, it. I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. Just see, in general, like all his films, get all the actors. Yeah, You've yeah. With him, all the directors, all the DOPs. Because the director on this is has, oh he really said it was a nightmare anything, really
0: uh, John Flynn yeah uh, no uh, yeah. but he oh, but the only thing that he really took away from it was that it was a nightmare I think did you guys see that video of Sigal uh, recently in Russia doing an aikido like demonstration where people were running at him and he is he is a blimp in the middle of this <laughs> this dojo <laughs> just and he looks so bored and he's wearing sunglasses throwing people on the floor and it is. It's looking at that Sigal and this Sigal. Wow, what what a presence, what a person we have had to enjoy in the uh, cinema of the last thirty years. Uh, and I'm going to pull the plug on my own voice now.
1: He's an odd one. He is an odd one.
0: I am. I couldn't be more fascinated. Um, I, just before we go, um, huge special mention to our uh, social media uh, chums who've been sending us loads of uh, really great suggestions for. Um, films that we can discuss on the pod in the coming weeks. Thank you all so much for interacting with us. been a blast. Thank you. Um, Thank you all for listening. Grab us on Twitter at FYR Film Pod. Emails to reconsiderpod at gmail.com. And please, like the Kraken, release those five-star reviews. Say goodbye, boys. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Sorry, quite a quizzical ending there. Sinister.
2: <laughs> Goodbye. <I was>
0: sinister. <laughs> <Most> very sinister. <laughs> Didn't quite mean it. Yeah? Didn't mean it. No, what was the? What was that noise from Fire in the Sky? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>